Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 115, and tonight we're flashing back to the grand old days of the 70s, where bell bottoms and gigantic perms ruled the world, and disco was still king, or queen, depending, because I am starting a new segment of the show in which I take a look at all these made-for-TV horror movies that helped make me the Scream Queen that I am right now. And to kick it all off, I have special guest Toppy Smelly from the Smellcast, who's going to join me to watch Summer of Fear. But not yet, because first, a promo. Hi, I'm Mike White. And I'm Ralph St. Mary. And we're the hosts of the Projection Booth Podcast. If you haven't heard of the Projection Booth, that's okay. But we think it's time that you have. We've been doing this for over three years now. And we think we're doing a pretty good show. Every week we look at a different film and put it in context. We try to bring you interviews with the people behind the films. Or experts on a subject matter covered in the film. We don't specialize in any one particular genre or type of film. We try to examine every aspect of cinema. From every corner of the globe. Even at three years, we barely just scratched the surface. But we're ready. We're ready for you to listen to us. That's right. Now's the time to give us a shot. Download us through our free smartphone app. Or through Stitcher, iTunes, Geek Juice Radio, Jackalope. Or our website. Projection-booth.com. We'll keep making great shows. Now it's your turn to listen to them. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. Yay! Yay! It's the end of summer. Boo! 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 Well, I hope you all have some exciting plans. I mean, besides listening to this amazing show that I'm going to put out right now. But I just wanted to tell you one thing. I talked so much in the last episode that I don't think I have anything left to say. I mean, about myself. Because I'm just trying to think. Since the last episode aired, nothing that interesting has happened. I mean, granted... How do you top watching a lesbian eat a cucumber like a banana? How do you top Transylvanian topless vampire singers? Octogenarian topless Transylvanian singers. Sorry, I got a visual. Oh my gosh, I wish I could have found a picture of them for you guys. But still, I think we're just going to go right into the main feature, which is, of course, is this new segment. A segment which does not have a name. Now, I know a lot of you are always complaining, Patrick, how do I win Scream Queen of the Week? Well, I think I'm going to give you an opportunity right now because I'm starting a contest right here, right now. Come up with the name of this segment for me. Email it to me. Tweet me. Call it in on the voicemail. Again, this is a retro thing. Looking at the made-for-TV horror movies from the 70s. And reviewing how they fucked me up at a young age and made me the beautiful screamer that I am today. But creatively, I'm stumped. Can't come up with a damn thing. Flem is dying for some copy to read over the intro music, but I can't think of a name. So I need your help. So please, name this segment and win a tiara. Maybe this time you'll actually get the tiara. 
Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, anything can happen, right? Anything. Trust me. All right, enough of my babbling. Let's just get right down to the segment. The mystery segment. The untitled segment. The I'm waiting for you to get off your ass and name this segment segment. So, whatever you do, sit your ass down, pop some popcorns, and do not touch that dial. It's got boogers on it. So, doing things for the first time can be scary, especially if you're going to do them alone. So, I really needed some company before opening up this Pandora's box of memories. So, I decided to bring back somebody who gave me a helping hand. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, when he took over the show solo to teach you all about Dark Shadows. That's right. It is my pleasure to introduce to you, boys and girls, the one, the only, the man who's toppy, the man who's smelly, he's the smelly top, the one, the only, Mr. Toppy Smelly! Awesome. Couldn't have asked for a better intro. Patrick, you made me feel welcome. Well, you are, and really, you couldn't have asked for a better welcome, because that was kind of really shoddy, but okay! Nah, it was great, man. And besides, I think shoddy, I think sh- uh, uh, schmaltzy, I think, uh, I think of 70s. I think of 70s made-for-TV movies. Listen to you. Listen to you. Well, that's funny, because when I think shoddy... I think of Sade, which means smooth operator. So I think of Toppy Smelly. What? Hey. Hey, not bad. It works on every level. Hey. <laughs> Excellent. See, this is what they don't pay to listen to. Yeah. So before we get into the, the whole breakdown of the movie, what we're going to be doing, and telling them what we're doing, because they don't know yet, uh, who the hell are you, Toppy? And, and first what? of all, before you, before you tell us, I do have a question. How are things in Pickle Holla? Pickle Hollow, well, uh, it's always uh, uh, just a place where people gather uh, and strange things happen. Uh, So at the moment, things are a little quiet, but you never know when uh, trouble's around the corner. Uh, So that's Pickle Hollow for you. Ain't that the truth. Sometimes a little spooky. It's sometimes a little science fiction-y. You know, we kind of uh, have to roll with uh, how it goes. Okay. That's nice. So, you're on not one, but I don't even know how, because I just was thinking the time I was there, it was sticky. So, I don't know. I, I, you know well, it, was, it was okay. It was nice. It was like caramel. Yeah. Uh, we have the sticky season. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's all right. Yeah, but then it got chilly really quick, and I got stuck. In, it was bad. But, you know, hey... I felt welcome, and that's the important thing. 
And I feel, and I fit, despite how weird it is, I fit right in. Oh yeah, you would totally. You would if you came to Pickle Hollow, you would fit right in totally. That sounded really dirty. Yeah, and I liked it. So you are on not one but two podcasts. Yeah, the other little show. Uh, it's called uh, Life on the Shit List. It's a group podcast uh, that I do with a whole bunch of other cool cats because we're all cool. And uh, we we sit around and and talk about uh, what's on our mind, and mostly complain, uh, but in a good way. And you we do hope complain a lot, but then it's it's yeah. a shit list. You should be complaining. Yeah, and we make observations about life and and how you know what what whose shit list we're on this week. So we'll talk about that. And we I do that with a whole bunch of groovy kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, that comes out once a week on iTunes. It's it's just known as Lotsel, L-O-T-S-L, Lotsel. Mm-hmm. As in lots of laughs. <laughs> you got it. Hey, I'm on a roll today. And finally, you're the host of the Smellcast, which is where most people. That's your. That was your first foray. Now, well, no, no, now the Smellcast, like Pickle Hollow, it's a strange and unusual place. How would you? Describe what a listener is going to expect, what he's going to encounter when he visits the Smellcast. Well, basically, I like to say it's a personal journal that collides with fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to put it, uh, Patrick. I don't know. No, that's- it's odd. It's strange. Uh, it's quirky. It's different every week. Uh, it, it, it doesn't follow any set pattern. It's my little sandbox, and I play in it, and I hope if I have fun, other people will too. Right on. Right on. And hey, since you mentioned the cool cats from Lotzel, I would be remiss to mention that tonight we are joined by a third member, the cool cat, Tyler Puss, who is right now <laughs> laying on the cable to the microphone, so expected to be yanked off by his fattiness at some point. But, you know, if you hear purring, it's not my vibrator. All right. Tiny pussy. Hi. Oh, sorry. Yeah, his ears are just twisting around now. But, you know, that's how they do. So, did you know, Toppy, that you are actually the inspiration for this new segment? Revisit Really? Yeah. I did not man- know that. Mm-hmm. Many, 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 many moons ago. You did a segment on movies that scared you as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you had mentioned a couple of uh, made-for-TV ones, like the Lizzie Borden one with uh, Elizabeth Montgomery is the one that stood out in my head. Because yes. I'd forgotten all about that. When I did research on that, I found all these other movies that I'd forgotten about. So when this occurred to me, you were on the top of the list of people I wanted to get on here. So it only makes sense that you're breaking into my virgin territory here. Mm, love it. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, the picture that we have selected is actually an early directorial effort by horror legend Wes Craven, starring right. horror legend Linda Blair. And it goes by not one, but two names. It goes by right. Summer of Fear. And also... Stranger in our house. Now, unfortunately, Toppy, I could not find a trailer or a commercial or nothing for this. 
Uh, yeah, I the, there wouldn't have been a trailer, I don't think. There might have been like a little, what do they call those things? Interstitials? Uh, yeah, a promo network. or whatever. Yeah, those little like 15 yeah. second things they just stick on. on, on the yeah. But I also know that it got a European release, which is why it's got oh. the second title. Ah. But I still couldn't find anything. But can you imagine which, um, see this? I mean, for oh. free, it was great, but sitting in the theater, ooh. Yeah, um, which title got the Europe? Uh, which, yeah, which? What was the title of the European one uh, release? See, I remember when I saw this as a kid, it was Stranger in Our House. I think that's what I remember. But on the version that I saw on YouTube, even though it said "Summer uh, Stranger in Our House" as as the YouTube title, the title that came up was "Summer of Fear." Yeah. Now, I'm just going to say this right off the bat, Toppy. I'm going to dive right in it, and I'm going to say that a better title for this movie would have been Summer of Perms. (laughs) I I know exactly what you're talking about, and if only the folks listening could imagine Linda Blair, uh, who uh, who has the title. uh, It's Linda Blair in... Uh, that she, her name comes right up first. Well, hey, hey, she was in an Oscar-winning movie. She damn well gets it. That's right. And she's like, not only am I the biggest star, I'm going to have the biggest hair. Right. And after a quick uh, sequence uh, of uh, some kind of accent, she's the first character we see. And what is she? She's she lifts her big giant head off the <laughs> pillow, and. There it is on her head, Patrick. Just, it just kept going. And I'm thinking this was made for TV. This isn't like 70 millimeter in the theater. People had teeny tiny TV sets back then. Yeah. Her face would have just been like a little teeny tiny spot and the rest of the screen would have been air. Yes. I and thought it was had... Angela Davis for a minute when I saw it as a kid. But no, it was Linda Blair. And, and, and so the, the set, the, the dresser gave her bed head. Because she she got out of bed. That was her first scene. And she had perm with a bed head. <laughs> well, that was we're not even on the plot yet because the hair is a character on its own. Because Seriously. from scene to scene to scene, it changes size. It changes texture. It changes consistency. And it's always awful. Yeah. There was one scene I'm like, she needs – there was a very long scene later on in the movie. I'm like, she needs a conditioner. This shit is frayed. Frayed. Afraid. No wonder nobody likes you anymore. But we are so far ahead of ourselves, Toppy. I know. I know. We need to back up and uh, put beep, a date on this beep, thing and, beep, and start at beep, the beginning. Beep. Well, uh, 19, picture it. 1978. Which, by the way, was the uh, reign of perms. I mean, everyone had a perm. Guys, girls, everybody. grandmas. You Grandpas. You could have your Tony home permanent. You could have your Ogilvy home permanent. Yeah. Uh, they permed their pubes. They, which well, is kind of redundant. Not. It's kind of redundant, to be perfectly honest. But hey, whatever you're into. I think my mother had a perm at some point. Yeah, she did. Oh, it was awful. Oh. Oh. Anyway, we're not talking about my mother. We're talking about this movie. Now, I, I don't know whether or not this was before or after Roller Boogie, or it might have been concurrent. I'm going to say after, Patrick, because I think this movie came slightly after the sequel to The Exorcist. Yeah, that seems about right, because she's not – she still looks teenagery, and it's like yeah. her voice hasn't really grown and, up yet. And she doesn't look 
any older or not much older than she did in The Exorcist 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kakumo still won't help her find Pazuzu, but, you know, hey. No. Yeah. Okay, so we're not talking about Exorcist 2. We're not talking about Roller Boogie, although, my God, we should be. That would be amazing, except that really is a painful movie to watch. But since you are my special guest tonight, Toppy Smelly, would you give us a brief encapsulated plot summary, the basics of what happens in The Summer of Fear? Yeah, The Summer of Fear, it involves a family, uh, mom and dad and daughter, uh, Linda Blair, and she has a brother. Two brothers. And uh, two brothers? Yeah, you're right. The older the one, the younger one who disappears yep. halfway through the movie. That's right. A uh, little kid. And uh, they live the life of a, well, they're sort of out west, and they seem to have horses around, kind of a rancher thing. Mm-hmm. The mother is, uh, is she a, an art director, photog? She's a, she's, a, she's a freelance photographer, and I believe she said her dad was an accountant. Yeah. And they, they have this uh, kind of a ranch-type place. The kid, Linda Blair, awfully interested in the horses. She's she a, likes to ride them. She's a buckaroo. She's a buckarette. Yes. That's what she is. Yes. And uh, into their lives, this, this wonderful, cute little family out west, into their lives comes, uh, well, a relative, uh, a cousin, uh, Linda Blair's cousin. It's uh, the mother's... Um, uh, her brother. Yeah. yeah, there you go. A tragic, tragic accident happened. <gasps> uh, and oh. the, both, both of uh, these two, uh, this husband and wife died. Their daughter survived, and the daughter, uh, Linda Blair's cousin, comes to live uh, with the family of which I do not remember their name. Do you remember their name? I don't think we ever got a last name for them. I got Normally most of I, their... I scribble the, the, the names and the sides of my margins here, and I don't have a last name for them. Yes. They're the Blairs. So this, They're the Blairs. Yeah, the Blairs. Uh, and she comes to stay and moves in uh, to the same room that Linda has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Linda's Blair character, she, her, she's called Rachel in this movie. Yes, she is. So I'll try to call her Rachel from now on. Now... Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel is in love uh, with her horse trainer, uh, who's played by Jeff East. Uh, really? Who, yeah, he played the uh, young Superman in the uh, Superman the movie. Really? Because I thought he was listed as Jeff McCracken, because that was my first note. <laughs> ah! Oh, <laughs> yeah, there was a Jeff McCracken. That wasn't him? Phil. Yeah, I... I I wrote Jeff McCracken down in my notes, too, just because... Because his name is McCracken. McCracken. <laughs> Summer yeah. of McCracken. Yeah. So, um, this... I'm sorry. Uh, so, Toppy, I don't, I don't want to interrupt too much, but just, like, the basics. We'll get into details later. You're right. I'm so, sorry. I'll no, make No, it's okay. Break. It's okay. A lot of people do that, and it's fine, but don't want to front load them too much. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. So the, the cousin comes to live. She seems kind of shy, kind of retiring, but over in the course... Of events, this shy retiring cousin turns out to be a bitch on wheels, and uh, suddenly uh, Linda Blair and this her cousin are going head to head on everything. It it's it's uh, they're not getting along at all that well, and then one day Linda Blair discovers this strange waxy hairy thing. In her cousin's drawer. 
Yeah, we'll come back to that. Trust me. Yeah. And uh, she slowly starts, uh, because of a strange sequence of events, which involves a death and a, a horrible horse death, a human death and a horse death. Mm-hmm. Linda Blair eventually comes to the clo- conclusion that her cousin is a fucking witch. <gasps> no. From, from hell. Uh, or at least the Appalachians. Or at least same thing. Yeah. Same thing. She's and, from Arkansas. It's real bad. Sorry, my Arkansas listeners. But according to her, everything that she says about Arkansas, you're like, really? Yeah. It just sounds like there's not a shoe to be found anywhere in the state, mm-hmm. according to this she character. Stays, anyway, good, stays. good. So anyway, that's good. We'll leave it there. All right. And leave the rest for surprise. So this basically, the whole story, Linda Blair's cousin comes to live with her, and it's like, she's a witch. And Linda Blair spends most of the movie trying to convince everyone else that's what she is and that she's not just a huge loser. That's right. Now, with did a- you know that this was based on a novel by Lois Duncan? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I did not. I did not know that. <laughs> no. Really, you got Jeff McCracken out of the out of the, out of the credit for not Lois Duncan. I did not realize that because I don't know if you listeners. I'm sure a lot of you know recognize Lois Duncan. She was a huge author of young adult. Supernatural thrillers before they were in. It was before Super uh, uh, R.L. Stein, before Fear Street, before all that stuff. So I she was, totally missed her credit. Yeah, she wrote this. She wrote, "I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to make friends." That was my guest last week. I know what he did last summer. Mm. Uh, I forget what's uh, down down a dark hallway. Was that what it was called? Down a dark hall. Yeah, she just wrote endless, endless scary books. So when I saw the name come up, I went. <gasps> And I said, oh, yeah, it's probably not going to be that scary. But anyway, I was traumatized as a child. Mm. It's probably why my hair fell out. Wait a minute. What traumatized you as a child? This movie. Her books? No, well, no, 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 because I didn't read them till later. But I'm just saying, like, this Lois Duncan is a history of scaring people. Scaring children. Uh, yes. And yes. all those perms, I don't know if they were in the book, they scared my hair right out of my follicles. Yeah, seriously. Patrick, can I ask you a personal question? Please. You strike me like possibly, I'm not saying, but is it possible that maybe, did you ever have a perm? No. Okay, never mind. No, my hair was, not that it was on the option. What do you mean I'm the kind of person who might have a perm? Well, uh, maybe, because we're the, I think, you know, well, excuse me, Toppy Smelly, I think you're projecting oh. your own perm leanings onto me. I just thought maybe, but we no. can go on. We can no, go no, on, no, Patrick. No, no, no. no it's no. fine. By the time I was, I was a teenager, it was the 80s, and it was mullets and bigness. Right. Now, yeah. see, it I was have height, to, not curl. So That's right. I have to remind myself I am older than you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that, okay. You, you were, uh, perms were out of vogue. Uh, by the time you were that of that age. Yeah. I was going to say thank God, but we had our own problems. Yeah. We had our own horrible we we marred our own prom pictures with our own horrible, horrible choices. Um okay, so let's get into the movie itself. Now yeah, you you, you summed it all up. Uh, there's the movie starts with a horrible car accident during the opening credits. Car weaving out of control before going over a cliff, allegedly in Arkansas, although it was clearly California, but okay. Absolutely. <laughs> May I say, Patrick, that this is the hallmark of movies made for TV in the 70s, as they were low-budget affairs. 
mm-hmm. they often had to spend most of their money on getting a couple of good stars. Yeah, and I'm sure and I'm sure so, Linda Blair. Well, you know what I was going to say. I'm sure Linda Blair didn't come cheap. But I'm thinking after Exorcist Two bombed, it, maybe she did. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, uh, these producers who did these things. By the way, a lot of them. Uh, well, they were all just uh, kind of cheap affairs, and. They, so they didn't stray far uh, from the Los Angeles uh, uh, to to do any of the filming. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were pretty much done right there, and so that's that's the case with this one too. Yeah, it it was not a big deal. It's just because I'm an adult and paying attention at the t- at the time. You know, they all look the same. I would have believed that. I believe anything you tell me. Television, you never lie to me. Right. But and by the way, Patrick. Uh, the, the most scary thing about this movie of all was that I watched it when it came on TV originally. So did I. I remember yeah. it very well. I do, too. Well, I didn't until I got into it, and I said, holy shit, I do remember this. Mm-hmm. It surprised me. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about these TV movies. They get into your subconscious, and you don't even know they're there. They did their damage, and they moved on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so like you said, Linda Blair... Loves her horses, loves mm-hmm. her horse, loves horses. Like even the country club is having a big horse show competition thing. That's right, and There's... that's coming up in two weeks with a big dance too. So it gives us something yes. to look forward to because you know shit's going down at the dance. <laughs> That's right. And there's two big things coming up in Linda's Linda Blair's life, and that's the horse show and the dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she Very... can't wait because she's gonna be there with her best bow. Who's also her horse trainer? Yeah, and I don't remember Pete, Peter, no Mike, Mike yes. something, yeah, and I, Mike, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I said before her horse trainer was Jeff East. It's her older brother, uh, or her, yeah, her brother. Her, uh, that's Jeff East. Okay, so yeah, the boyfriend is Jeff McCracken. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, Jeff East, uh, the younger, uh, the young Superman in Superman the movie, cute kid. I didn't know that. And do you know that later on he went to star in Pumpkinhead? I did not know that. He was bugging me because I recognized him. I'm like, why do I know this guy? I know that perm. Again, perm. And when I looked, pulled up his IMDb, yeah, he was the male lead in um, oh. Pumpkinhead. Nice. Which means he was a really old teenager. But that's also par for the course for 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm collecting AARP. That's <laughs> me too. I'm still in my I'm still in my junior year in high school though. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, she's dating this dude who's the horse trainer, and they have this really awkward romantic scene. Like right off the bat, their first scene together is on horseback. Mm-hmm. And oh, they're trying to keep, they're keep kissing, but they're both on horses, so they're kind of clinging on for their lives while trying to be romantic and going downhill. So they're doing this weird waddle thing. Yes, I saw that. She waddled like crazy, and he waddled a little, but they were both waddling. Yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, they're on horseback, but it's the way they had to move with the horse, like, and of course, she's a girl, so with a big chest, so it was like baboop, 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 and perm flying yeah. everywhere, and she's got fringe on her pants because that's what you wear when you're on a horse. It was just a lot of motion, a lot of motion, and like not cute, not romantic. Just I was very concerned about everyone breaking a leg. I'm like, a horse is gonna fall. Yeah. Well, that happens later. Uh, now, one of the first things that happens, Patrick, is when that uh, cousin uh, comes over, 
is there's this weird thing that she there's a horse that reacts badly to her. Sundance, yeah. Sun, yeah. Sun first, sun, sun something. And it's like it's the first thing, even though nobody knows, it's she, the first thing that happens. She just got says, there. She's not even out of the car yet. Yeah. And the horse is and, on her. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we, the audience, knows, oh, well, what's this all about? Something may, something may not be square with this cousin Dane. Julia. Never trust anyone named Julia. Julia Roberts, Julia Child, they're all terrible people. Julia, would ro- Julia Child was a spy. You know. Was she? She was. She was. was. She? Okay. she seriously was a spy for the U.S. Well, I could just see how she kept all the national secrets. <laughs> Nobody wanted to have a conversation with her with that voice. But anyway, we're not talking about her right now. Anyway, Julia arrives. She gets kind of spooked by the horse. And I wrote down, I'm like, oh, my God, they dressed her like a nun. Oh, yeah. This poor teenage girl shows up. She's in this gray schmata and her hair is just, she's got this one, like, it's just, it's a mess. It's not a perm. It's just a complete train wreck of a hair with, like, this big metal clip just stuck in the front, doing nothing, but making it uglier. Like, oh, girl, not a strip of makeup, nothing. Like, I realize you're in mourning, but my God, they pulled her out of convent school. Yeah, it was all a trick. Uh, the producers wanted to come in, seeing uh, seeming to be this modest, uh, uh, unremarkable wo- uh, young woman uh, with you know not much good looks or nothing, and that's how she was introduced as kind of a uh, kind of a shy, retiring uh, woman. Mm-hmm. Young, yeah, a young gal, and you know, and just Linda Blair is just so nice. You know, she she says, oh, she can, you can stay in my room. It'll be fun. We'll room together. It'll be girls. And she's like, you can, ha- you can borrow anything from my closet. And I wrote down, except you can't wear my fringe chaps because that's, that's just for me. Exactly. And can I just say. She was saying this as she was strutting away and that fringe was flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can borrow any of my clothes you want, except these. Right. These are mine. And the one slightly annoying thing about Linda Blair uh, is yes. uh, if, uh, you, you people who may remember Exorcist 2. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she would do this kind of baby talk stuff. Like, uh, even in The Exorcist, the original Exorcist, she had a few scenes where she, hey, hey, mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she does a little bit of that in this movie. She does it's, it when she gets upset. She gets whiny and she goes like this. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was it was very it was unsettling, yeah. not in a good way. I'm like this should be dramatic, and now I'm just rolling my eyes at you. But you know that's probably why she can't keep a hold on her solid feller. That's right. Yeah, they have this dinner scene introducing her to the family, and she's all awkward and. Oh, I'm sorry. This is still up in the room. They're going. She's like, oh, you got so many nice and beautiful things. I don't have anything at all. <laughs> and she sees the picture of Joe McCracken or Jeff McCracken. And she goes, oh, is this your solid feller? Because I yes! have to emphasize the fact that I am not just from combat school. I am not just from the hills of Arkansas. I am from another fucking planet. <laughs> yes, I wrote that in my notes. Solid feller. That's how she called him. And Patrick's got that accent just about right. That's how she sounded. Uh-huh. Except it is this loud. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this too loud? Because I don't raise my voice. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just a little girl. 
Jim's trying to return. I'm just a little orphan girl. In a strange place. I'm, I'm so frightened and I was attacked by an equine. Yes, yes. It was all very strange and nobody knew why. Oh, and then they, okay, so they had this dinner. She, and oh my gosh, they come, to, she comes down to dinner and she's, everybody's making a fit, big fuss. They're like, oh, I never, I, I, I'm so, it's been so long since I've had a girl dress for dinner and anything but denim and chaps. Right. <laughs> says and, dad. Yes. And Patrick right there, right there in that first dinner scene starts this whole weird incest, weird, icky, uh, thing that goes on through the rest of the movie. You know how many times Bradford and I yelled at the screen, that's your cousin. Yes! Exactly! That's not your second cousin. Because I thought, initially I was like, well, maybe it's your second cousin. I'm like, no, wait, that's your first cousin. That's your mother's sister's daughter. Ew! You're gonna have kids with 12 arms. That's bad. It's bad. Not only that, Linda, uh, Linda Blair's brother starts, you know, uh, getting a spark on to this girl, and they're cousins. Yeah, yeah. So everybody, spark- everybody does. Everybody, but that's later. That's later. Because right now, the brother at this dinner scene, he drops a plate, and Julia's like, oh, "That means someone's coming to visit," and that's an old superstition. I know that one. Draw, you know, if you drop a plate. Someone's coming to visit. If you drop a fork, it's a man. If you drop a knife, it's a woman. Something like that. Every right. culture has a variation on that one. And they jump on her. Like, what? What is that supposed to mean? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's just like an – it's a local thing. The people back home in Arkansas talk about – you know, mostly it's the hill people. They have superstitions. I wrote down the hill people. You know, it kind of – The hills have eyes people because this was Wes Craven. <laughs> Did you just plug your own movie? Oh my God! You're right. <laughs> Patrick Papa Jupe. <laughs> yeah. This was, of course, long before the Hills Have Eyes, though. No, the Hills Have Eyes was nineteen seven. Was seventy seven, I think. Oh, I'm thinking of the remake. I guess. No, the, no, no, no. The Hills Have Eyes was. Hold on. Okay, you're right. The original was would have been quite a quite quite a bit back there. Yes, it was in nineteen seventy seven. Was the year before. Holy fuck! You're kidding me. She's like, yeah, it's just something the hell people say. You know, when they're not raping A.T.'s mom to death in the back of the camper. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. I had. Wow. Hell people. I mean, they just think the way they talk to her is like she's like. I realized this before the internet and before like, she's just from Arkansas and they're like so the brother says so do you have a swamp boyfriend I'm like a what <laughs> do you have a what <laughs> yeah. a swamp boyfriend <laughs> oh sounds attractive well which is kind of funny too because later on Wes Craven went on to direct Swamp Thing didn't he <laughs> oh my god you're right I just realized that right now so there's, there's not only plugging there's foreshadowing Oh, no. If Julie had stayed at home, she would have married Swamp Thing, but she didn't. So now she's in Permville. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, let's tell the kids out there the other thing. Uh, one of the uh, supporting characters that they'll love to know who's in this movie. Oh, yeah. We're, we're right about there. So why don't you drop that bomb? Because I, 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 I was watching it. 
About a half. I was about a half an hour ahead of him. We would have been at the same time, but Sebastian the cat turned off the movie twice. Oh. He knows how to do that. Sebastian. He, he will. He will flip over the remote and turn something off if he doesn't like it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm trying to work. This is YouTube's, so and I gotta like eh, find mm-hmm. the whole thing. But yeah. So all of a sudden, I tweet. I'm like, oh my god, is that? And it was. It who was. was. It? Who was it? Linda Blair's best friend in the movie is her friend Caroline, portrayed by none other than Fran Drescher. Who says nurses have more fun? I have been schlepping bedpans all morning, and now they have the nerve to tell me I'm going to work the graveyard shift. Some fun. Uh huh. Mm hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. I'm like, is that I her? wasn't either. Is that her? And she started talking about it. At the end of the first scene, I actually got a sound clip of it. I'll play it. You know, she just came out and was like, oh, you know, they're keeping me all the time at the hospital. So I guess the guy's laying and she's like, bye. I'm like, yeah, that's her. Okay. Have fun. Bye. <laughs> she had that voice even in this role. And they put it, they clearly, they put it in. They gave her reason to use it because they all did it back to her like, eh. <laughs> right. And uh, just so folks know, this was well before she had the, uh, the sitcom. Oh, way what the before. fuck was it? The what nanny. The, hell? the nanny. Is it, yeah, That's way before right. that. Way before. Uh, way before the nanny. Uh, uh, the other thing that she's famous for. Ah, the rock and roll thing. That's not a rock and roll thing. Spinal Tap. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this was a this was a big surprise. I'm like, oh look at her, and she wore some serious coochie cutter short shorts. I was like, ah, yeah. Miss Miss Fine. Yeah. What are you so wearing? So that's a. That's a fun thing about this movie, Fran Drescher's appearance. That's a fun thing. You'll like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't enough also, of her, though. But. No, she didn't have a, enough. I, I also have in my notes, uh, I was saying Appalachia before, but the word in the movie that they used over and over again was that this girl, this cousin of Linda, she's from the Ozarks. Oh, the Ozarks. That's yeah. the word. Mm-hmm. 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 And apparently they all look alike in the Ozarks. Yeah. It's a backwoods. Spooky, they have spooky professor, creepy old exposition guy who lives in the neighborhood. Oh, the professor type? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, we're ahead of ourselves. It was funny, too, because like they decide, oh, well, we're going to have to take Julia to the mall and get her some grown-up clothes, like human earth clothes. <laughs> yes, that's right. And so they were going to meet Caroline. Caroline. Right. No, Carol, Caroline. It was Caroline. Uh, I got Caroline in oh, my Caroline. notes. Okay, maybe, I got Caroline so. too. I can't read my own handwriting. It's Caroline. And so they go. She can't go because she's stuck at the hospital, Caroline is. So they have to go. The two girls go by themselves. And which is weird because in the next scene, I don't know why they even, I think it was just to establish that she worked at the hospital because immediately the next scene she was with them. But I'm just, I'm babbling now. But she's saying to Julia before they go to the mall, she's like, Rachel says, oh, well, you know, I understand how hard it could be to fit in i know how awkward this is for you but i know everything's gonna be okay nothing's really that bad and i wrote down listen i know i used to be possessed things get better <laughs> uh, exactly trust me and then this was weird too because she was having she was plot this was earlier she was scheming to not to get out of having to spend the night with julia so she can run away with her boyfriend so she cons her, bo- her brother to do it for her but she's grooming the horse and they actually do a shot while they're talking to each other under the horse oh she's brushing the horse and she stoops down to brush its legs so she's talking to him through the horse's legs and he crouches down i'm like where's the- okay there's a horse stick that's gonna pop in like yeah. the boom 
at any second. Oh my god, that would have made my day. Yeah, oh, really? Well, never mind. Really? Uh, <clears throat> really? Uh huh. Uh huh. And yeah, so they take her to the mall, and not only does she buy new clothes, she gets a fucking makeover, Stepford wife style. Right. So this girl from the Ozarks, shy, retiring, uh, stumbles forth, uh, made over. Uh-huh. And suddenly she seems a little hotter, a little more dynamic, and uh, we see a new side of her. Yeah. And the thing that I thought, well, was odd, and I think actually it might have been on purpose, is that you think, oh, she's going to have a makeover and just look like Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody the teens would look up to. Instead, she kind of looks like some woman from the country club. Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a woman's hairstyle, it's a woman's dress that she's wearing, not a teenage girl's. True. And I think she, that was she, uh, yeah, that's a she, hint uh, for later. <laughs> yeah, she always appears at this point older somehow, mm-hmm. more mature than her cousin Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is what well, never mind. Well just doesn't matter. Um oh, so they meet the professor and he's Mr. Occult knowledge dude who lives next door because that happens a lot. Just some the right. local occult professor. Yeah, uh, basically sure. it's it's very coincidental. Linda Blair, Rachel introduces her cousin Julia to this guy. His name's Professor Jarvis, uh-huh. and he just happens to study uh, the, in the field of the occult, and he specializes in the Ozarks. The Ozarks. What coincidence? <laughs> What wow. a specialized field of study. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, that we left out to mention is that she's actually not from the Ozarks. Her father moved there to write a book. She's from Massachusetts, Julia is. She spent a lot of her teenage years in the Ozarks, but she keeps going back to school in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So when the professor met, meets her, she's like, oh, well, I'm not really from the Ozarks. I'm from Boston. He says, really? Because the people – I've spent a lot of time in the Ozarks, and the people of the Ozarks have a very specific look to them. A yes. look that you have. As in inbred. I was going to oh, say. I'm sorry. like, so everybody – uh-huh. Okay, good. You have 12 arms? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think of you have three extra chromosomes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you don't have professor. a perm. That's a clue. That's a clue right there. You're inbred if you don't yeah. have a perm in this movie. That was totally it. But this Professor Jarvis, he's immediately uh, suspicious. Yeah. And and that's when, <clears throat> well, in my notes, that's when Julia. The Ozark girl is is attacked by Rachel's prized horse. Oh yeah, full out attack. This thing smells her coming while the girls are walking home from the professor's house, the three girls, and it breaks out of the barn and stomps the shit out of her. Well, tries to. Well miraculously. It, it, miraculously it doesn't hit anything, but it it's right. pretty brutal. Yeah. And all all at once, uh <clears throat> Linda Blair, Julia's Mother is 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 expressing doubts about the horse. Oh my God, the horse must be crazy. Oh my God. Yes, and, and the father course, too. The father's like, well, he's going to yeah. have to live at the club from now on. Yeah, and then Linda Blair sees her dad, Tom, lovingly attending 
to Julia's leg because it was wounded. And, and she's, she stumbles in upon the scene and he's lovingly putting these bandages around the Ozark girl's legs. It's, it's, it's un, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, it's a nice thing, but I'm also going, you're not a doctor, but the way he's, it's very odd. It's very odd. Nope. Um, it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. But then again, it goes with the incest vibe that is roaring through this film. <laughs> but this is actually the first instance where things start to go wrong for Linda Blair. Because this is the whole movie right here. This whole summer, everybody, everything that she tries to do, every person that she comes into contact with, everything either goes wrong, or turns against her, turns bad, everything. Right. And she's <clears throat> looking like little Miss Misfit that... Well, whereas everybody just loves Julia. Julia's perfect. We That's love right. Julia. Oh, Julia this, Julia that. Because first of all, oh my gosh, that dress that Linda Blair made. <gasps> oh, can we get into this? Because she went to the store to buy fabric. That's what she bought at the mall. Because she decided she was going to make her own dress. And she came out in a fucking pink muumuu. Because remember, folks, there's a dance coming up. Pink muumuu with a giant perm. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> she comes out. With a nun after she's made it. It's a handmade dress, folks. Uh-huh. She comes out uh, to show. And, well. It's a regretsy dress. It's yeah. not an Etsy dress. It's a regretsy. Yeah, definitely regretsy. Don't look too good on her. No, it's too big. It doesn't fit right. It's got one side hanging this way, one side. It's just a mess. Yeah. So, uh, and the heartbreaking thing is that she shows it off to her dad. And dad really kind of like is pretty blatant. Uh, that doesn't look too good, daughter. Yeah, it, why don't you do it again? Yeah. And then what happens the next day? Ra- Rachel Linda Blair, she the wakes day up. Day of the dance. Yeah. The day of the she day. wakes up with a swollen face of hives. Uh huh. Buried under a perm. <laughs> Buried under the perm. So she's got no face at all. It's like this red blotch and brown curls. And it was, oh, no, it was terrible. So now she can't go to the dance. It's terrible. It really is tragic. It's terrible. But, gosh, what are we going to do? Because now her boyfriend, Mike McCracken, has an extra ticket. He's going to have to go by himself. Well, not only that, uh, Rachel's brother, uh uh, once um, he wa- he's in a he's, was gonna play he was playing in the band and he really wanted Julia to, to see her now Julia's not gonna go yeah yeah because she doesn't have an escort yeah oh we've got an idea why doesn't Peter escort her to the dance and while he's playing she could spend the evening with Mike McCracken yeah so there's two guys here folks two guys. Involved uh-huh. in this. Yes. Uh-huh. Both of them close to poor little Linda Blair who gets to sit at home with her swollen face and then to yeah. add insult to injury. This is the worst, folks. Julia, whatever dress you bought at the mall, oopsie, she spilled ink, paint, nail, nail, nail polish, polish on it. And, oh, it was white. It was beautiful. Now she can't wear it. And so mom says, oh, well, there's that pink monstrosity that Rachel wore. Maybe you'll look better on you. And, of course, she puts it on and it's like, va, va, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, She's a heartbreaker. It is perfectly made all of a sudden. It looks wonderful on her. She looks 
scintillating. Uh-huh. And, which, and everyone's just like, oh, you're so beautiful. We love you, Julie. Isn't it? What? Nobody is giving Linda Blair any sympathy at all. <laughs> right. And there's this weird, very fast moment when Rachel, Linda Blair, oh, forgot, sees her yeah. cousin Julia's reflection in a mirror, and it's there, and then suddenly... The reflection is gone. And then she's back. There's no explanation. She doesn't understand what she's seen. Yeah, but, but she's like, also heavily medicated for that hive. So she blames right. it on that. Right. And, and she because has they, a... They, they, they give out peyote to treat hives that's right. in the West Absolutely. in 1978. Uh, because peyote is good for perms, mostly. Permody. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing, what was terrible about the scene, and it was really uncomfortable in a good way, is that not only do you have to hear how pretty Julia is once, you hear it three times. Oh, yeah. The mother, you're the first entrance, and the mother sees, oh, my God, you're lovely, you're vision, you're radiant. Two minutes later, the father sees her. Oh, yeah, oh, beautiful, oh, my, my, so bella, ciao bella. Ah, ah, ah. And then, I don't know why he's Italian now, but just roll with me. Yeah. And then we hear Peter arrive to pick her up. I don't know where he was, but he picked her up. And you just hear him at the door. Oh, my God, Julia. You're so pretty. And I wrote down, shut the fuck up. Because that's what Linda Blair's face is saying. She's just sitting yeah, in, she in was bed like, with her gigantic face, her gigantic hair. She just got this look of, shut right. the fuck up. We got it. Julia looks great in my dress. Yeah, going to yeah. my dance with my boyfriend. And you gotta remember, we saw Linda in the same dress, and it was like nothing. And no, so it was, it was, it was, it looked like it. It looked kind of looked like a cross between a muumuu and I don't know. They have those terry cloth pullover dresses for the beach. Yeah, when Linda was wearing it. Yeah, yeah like, but this like didn't fit. Right. Like like a fat girl had worn it, stretched it out. <laughs> It was like uh, some uh, 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 fairy godmother had waved her wand over the dress, and suddenly when the cousin wore it, it was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now she's left alone pretty much. Everyone's at the dance, and bl- so she's bored, and she, she's getting suspicious, and she starts rummaging through Julia's drawers because earlier in the movie, we forgot about this, when Julia first moved in, Linda Blair accidentally bumped into Julia's suitcase and what fell out was a little container and in the container was a tooth, a human tooth. That's right. Yeah, it was one of the first little weird things. Uh-huh. And it gets written off by the men in the movie, of course. I think it was Mike that time going, oh, it's probably just a good luck charm, like a rabbit's exactly. foot. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or, or it belongs to her daddy because it fell out of his mouth because he's from the Ozarks. It was the one tooth he had left. It's all I have to remember him by. Anyway, um... But she finds what is well. You described it earlier. She finds this wax thing. Well, even before that, Patrick, she discovers this bundle of hair in a paper that looks something like your cat coughed up. Yeah, you remember that? I don't know what. And it, yeah, it was just oh, and all these matches. Hair. She keeps finding matches everywhere. Yeah, burnt out matches and spent uh, matches. Yeah. Now she finds this bundle of hair. Was wrapped up, and then in her drawer, she finds this. Well, it was like a big wax dildo looking thing. I did not know what it was, but it was really I didn't gross. either. But dildo is a good descriptive. Apparently, I'm guessing it was a wax totem that she had carved and yep. she glued the horse's hair to it. So clearly, it's she's got her eyes on this horse that attacked her. But 
it was just greasy and slimy and they never said what it was and Linda just took it and put it under a bill wall. I'm like, don't, don't, don't put a, somebody else's wax dildo under your pillow, girl. You don't know yeah. where that horse penis has been. Exactly. Oh, and my who, God. Who knows what she did with it in private? Oh, Because, like, mind. the creepy horse horse penis fairy will come and leave you a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. So, anyways, I, I think the, the horse show is going to go on uh, after oh, yeah, the dance. She's, she is actually feeling well enough that she can compete in the horse show, except it all ends in tragedy. Now, uh, <clears throat> Uh, this is, I have to say about this, this horse competition, mm-hmm. it starts out with, uh, 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 Linda Blair, uh, riding her little horsey horse through this, uh, rather routine, yeah, this, uh, this was, obstacle this, course. Sure. And <clears throat> it ends tragically. What sets the horse off? I don't remember. I Something don't sets the she horse. She was trying off. to get it to the gate, and it just bolted. Yeah. I don't remember anything. But here's the. This is, was the first time I was impressed by this movie. Mm-hmm. The stunt of the horse falling uh, with Linda Blair on it. Do you remember it? Over. It was fucking a great stunt. Yeah. Yeah. Was, they had an I incredible mean, stunt horse. It, yeah. It does it. The 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 horse does a full barrel roll and rolls yes. over the stunt girl. All I can think of, Patrick, is that this wasn't planned. It just happened, and they filmed it. Brilliant. Yes. Leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, when you see it, it's like, holy shit. This, they're not fucking around here. Yeah, this is not. a and, – and, of course, the horse is crippled. And has to be put down right in front of everybody. And the thing is, this should have been a moving scene. Because this is we we like the horse. We know the horse is trying to help everybody out. We don't know why. You know he knows, and and you know we've become attached to the horse, and we know that she loves the horse. But the thing is, Linda Blair is at her worst oh. right here, oh. right here. Not only with the acting, but in her look. Hello. Tell me about it. What just happened? Can you hear me? No, I got you. But just there was this weird beeping on my end, and it's gone oh. now. Okay, never mind. Because um, yeah, she's got a cowboy hat on. Yeah. And the perm is semi-stuffed into the hat and semi-not <laughs> stuffed into yes. the hat. And it's yeah. just – it's making this horrible corona of – angel's corona of hair around <laughs> her head. And aside from that, she's in a symphony of brown plaid from my head to toe brown plaid. She just looks – Horrible, and this is when she does that whiny baby thing after she's like, yeah, and stomping the foot. And I just lost all sympathy for you, girl. Oh my god! Now, according to my notes, if we're talking about the same scene, which is right after the horse tumbles, uh-huh. I've got, I've got here. Here's my notes. Excellent scene between heartbroken Rachel and Dad. I thought that was well that played. Was. It was until she stormed off. Oh. And she went into squealy voice and oh. ruined it. Oh, okay. She ruined Cause, it. Because <laughs> there was a moment where she was almost hysterical, and I thought, you know, that's some good acting right there. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Because she was probably, you know, still, you know, <laughs> freaked out that the horse actually physically rolled over her. Like, that was about to happen, yeah. Wes. <laughs> that, that was my contract, Wes. That was a fucking real scene, man. So now that fucking just, horse really rolled over that rider. Somebody, whoever the hell that was. <laughs> and that's probably why she survived, is because all that that hair protected her neck and skull. It, it's <laughs> certainly, that must have been it. It must have been it. 
It's the only possible explanation. And the more things go wrong, like this, it just keeps happening. It keeps happening. The more everybody falls in love with Julia. That fucking Julia. It's like she's got everybody under a spell, which she does. And it's everybody. It's the younger brother. It's the mom. It's the dad. It's Carolyn, her friend. Everybody that this girl comes into contact with is head over heels in love with her and more and more so every day. That's and right. And ben- is going wrong with Linda Blair. The more she complains, the more they don't believe her and think she's crazy and think she's making stuff up. Like the, she's trying to get people to see it. Like, look, she found she found a picture of herself that Julia yeah. had like marked up with witchy stuff that you know with red marks clearly in the same spot where she got the hives. She's like, she did this to me. She's right. some kind of a witch. She's right. doing all these things, and nobody's listening to me because they're all under the the hoodoo, the hoodoo guru or whatever you want to call it. And, That's right. And, and even even Julia's brother says, "I know she's just my cousin, but I like her." Yeah. because yeah. oh, he's weird... he's even mad at her. he's even mad at her. Yeah. Because he's he, like, "Well, your boyfriend hogged her the whole time. I didn't get right. to dance with her at all at the dance." Yeah, and more like weird. To, of course, this is more like it's your cousin. It's your first cousin, and the thing is. Julia has a line. I don't remember exactly what it is that she confronts her. And now she's getting sassy. Yeah. With Rachel. She's getting sass because nobody believes her. Like, the more she complains, the less they believe her. And she pretty much says – she doesn't say this, but the essence of it was, listen, Rachel, it's not my fault if no one likes you anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh, she did. Oh. She did. Fucking bitch. I can't help it if you're an asshole. Yeah. So who's the one person Linda Blair, Julia, can turn to? Well, it's that Rachel. old, nice professor. You mean oh, creepy Rachel. old exposition guy? I think she turns to Dr. Jarvis. Happy creepy old exposition guy. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's always the one creepy old guy who knows everything, who's got all yeah. the secrets, and either they listen to him or they don't. Mm-hmm. And she asks him... How much can one person control another person's mind and feelings? And is it possible to make, to make, to make events happen? So they have a discussion about this. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Jarvis says, well, it's extremely rare but possible. Uh-huh. And then she talks, she says, well, I've got this weird wax thing with hair on it. And then... Uh, uh, he he. I thought Jarvis, Doctor Jarvis, was kind of a big dick at this point because all he says is, "Well, take these books and and read them and get lost." Well, yes, he had the conveniently convenient textbooks that always pop up in movies, like yeah. the, the books that are perfect for the situation. Like one of them was pretty much called "So You Think Your Cousin Is a Witch." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And she comes to everything you wanted to know about your cousin's witchcraft, and but were afraid to ask. Yeah, just take these books and read them, and and so that's it. And she reads them really slowly. Yeah, like read the books, girl. But that's when she learns that horses, like the witches, can fool can pull spells and just about anything. People, plants, animals. The one thing that can see right through them are horses. Exactly. The natural, the natural born enemy of the witch is the horse. That I never heard of before. But hey, what the heck? Why not? Why not? That's, that's about the time that Linda Blair Rachel discovers this photo 
that seems to have hand painted things on her face. It's a photo of her. Yeah. And it's got little dots on it. And yeah. she says, Oh my God, that's my hives. That's my hives. And then she reads more books. Uh huh. About the supernatural. Yeah. Yep. And then she does the stupidest thing possible. She what was told that? Julia. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, I've been talking to Dr. Creepy Old Exposition Guy, and he says that you're a witch. Maybe. And I'm going to show him the proof, and we're going to figure out how to destroy him. Like, wait, what I wrote down was, way to go, big mouth. Yeah. So, of course, immediately, Dr. Gen- uh, Dr. Exposition Guy is struck down. Just drops in the streets. A surprise, Some kind surprise. Of strokey heart attack thing, and now he's in the hospital in a coma. Yeah. And so now she's got no friends at all. And meanwhile, Julia, she's just running this house like nobody's business. And every time they show her, she's out walking around in her lovely outfits. And every shot she's in looks like a Mass and Gill commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the field of flowers and everything's fresh as a daisy and it's soft focus and it's golden hour. It's just awful, awful, awful. And this is when shit gets serious. Yeah. Because you know why? We see why? the mother come out. One yes. evening, she comes out of her bedroom and she's wearing a see-through diaphanous peignoir. Yes, yeah, exactly. And you know, in movies like this, whenever somebody gets diaphanous, shit's about to get real. In every Hammer movie, whenever the girl's walking down the hallway in her diaphanous nightgown with <laughs> with candelabra, that's when it's gonna get real. So as soon as I saw her, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, mm-hmm. this is bad. So she was going down because she's got her on her frisky, sexy lingerie. Mom does. So she's looking for her hubby, but a hubby. She, he's a little busy. He's a little busy with his niece. Ew. That's your niece. They're feeding each other grapes or something in the fridge. Yes. And then she's like, ah, so she knows something's not right. But That's right. I don't remember much that goes on, but there's a whole thing where she's, I, I don't know, I'm trying to kind of cut through here a bit because it gets this is where it got a little fa- fuzzy for me because there's a lot of running back and forth doing the same things you know trying to see the doctor not the doctor but yeah the doc dr jensen the professor Jarvis, who comes yeah, out of the yeah. coma just because we learned that the witch loses her power when she's asleep so when she's asleep he wakes up so she there's a whole thing with fran drescher sneaking her into the hospital which really isn't all that important it doesn't come up with a lot of information i thought it was yeah. the flowers because okay. julia uh, Julia came to visit him in the hospital, made a big deal of coming, and she brought him a hand-cut bouquet of flowers. I'm like, yay, yeah. yay. Never waking up with those flowers around the room, but that never went anywhere. But, yeah, so she's just lost everybody. And right. uh, then she finds out from the book the telltale sign of a witch that everyone can see. They don't show up in photographs. All right, now, Patrick, I want to ask you about this one scene. There was a scene when somebody was photographing uh, 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 Linda Blair's cousin with, I guess, Julian. her. Yeah. With, with, uh, with, 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 with Phil McCracken, yeah. horse trainer. Okay, now, do you remember in that scene 
the actress, she was always having her head down and her hair was in front of her face. Yeah, and she, she was. She was. Her... She was deliberately squirming. She's like, I'm very uncomfortable getting my picture taken. All I don't right. want to do this and squirming and just trying to make yeah. the shot as difficult as possible. Yeah, there was no dialogue. We were somehow. Oh yeah, we were seeing it through the window. We were seeing yeah, it through the window. Yeah, I think from Linda Blair's perspective, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it was like something. Uh, it was building up to something that didn't pan out for me. No, because they were taking these photos, and I thought, "Oh my God, she's like shielding her face. We never see her face in these photos." And what happens later is the uh, the occult truth is witches do not show up in pictures. Ah, uh. and later on, I was expecting. This being Wes Craven and all, uh-huh. I was expecting when we got to see those photos developed, mm-hmm. I was expecting to see something really creepy, yeah. like some sort of face coming through the well, hair the thing or is, something. The thing is, earlier in the movie, during the opening credits, in the fires of the auto accident, for a split second, you see this horrible witch face. Yes. Glowing red eyes. I was gold expecting... Eyes. I was expecting to see that. You're going to see her witch face. Instead, there's absolutely nothing there. The clothes, nothing. Just nothing. There was nobody in the picture at all. That was kind of lame. Yeah. That was lame. It was just this guy with his arm out like he had his arm on someone's shoulder, and there was nobody there. there. There was nothing there because – that was Linda Blair's idea. She finds out, oh, oh, you're taking pictures of Julia? That's brilliant, brilliant. Now my mom will know. So she's trying to get her to develop the film as quickly as possible. Yeah. And that will be the proof that she needs because the mother will know she was there. But I never would have took those pictures if I hadn't seen the, that shot of her, like putting her hair in her face and arms up. Yeah, I would have seen like it's something almost, hideous looking through the hair. Yeah, they, it's like they were setting us up from something. And you know what I think? I think they didn't have the budget to do it. But they did. You think they so? did? Because at the end of the movie, she has the witch face. Beginning of the movie, at the end of the movie, sure, her face has changed. Somehow, that just didn't, they yeah. wanted to do something, and they didn't follow through. Yeah, okay, maybe that's what happened in the book. They were being true to the text. It's like Shakespeare. Could be. Whatever. But yeah, but at this time, we've kind of figured out, no, we have figured out, that that's not Cousin Julia at all. Right. Because it turns out her father had hired this housekeeper when they were still in Arkansas and she was a hill person from the Ozarks and she knew all the superstitions and magic and she was supposed to help him with the book and she also died in that car accident but no she didn't Julia did and she took Julia's place and they were able to fool, they were able to pull this she was able to pull this off because they hadn't seen Julia since she was a child mm-hmm. so that's how she was able to pull that trick off okay but now at this point, there's a huge fight. Like the, the mother goes off. She's like, I have another thing to do. I can't develop these pictures now. So Linda Blair develops the pictures herself. And now we got the big old bitch ass cat fight because how do you know right, it's going to be yeah. a cat fight? Because witchy girl shows up in that in mom's diaphanous robe. I'm like, again, they're diaphanous. Shit's going down. Hello. This is the fight in the dark room. Linda Blair versus the witch you're not my cousin julia who are you i'm sarah your aunt and uncle's cleaning gal i killed them all again here just like i'm gonna kill your mother and you 
Uh-huh. And Patrick, can I just say, I thought this was... <laughs> This was a fucking epic fight. It was actually an epic fight. Some of the stunts were great, like slamming each other into the wall. I'm like, this is, this is a great dynasty cat fighting. Get away with those Full hair pulling, no slapping. It was punching. It was, yeah, hair pulling, and this was serious shit. And I'm telling you, folks, after this whole movie and the uh, conflict between these two girls, it comes to full bloom right there in the dark room, and it's worth it. I'm telling uh-huh. you, that's the way I feel. This was a great fight scene between two girls who just wanted to rip each other's hair. <laughs> it was great. No, I'm the pretty one. Listen, at one point, she has Linda Blair's head next to a a, a, a paper shredder, a, a oh, knife. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, the fuck yeah. is that thing? It's a, yeah, it's a, a, a paper cutter. A paper cutter. paper cutter. And she wants to cut her head off. I'm telling you, this is a great fight scene, folks. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you, you young folks, you don't get this. You say, well, that doesn't sound that bad. But you got to understand. This shit was on regular television. Uh-huh. This was billed as family entertainment. The family would get together to watch these movies. Because you only had three or four channels. And you normally had one TV set, so everybody would watch this shit together, no matter what the hell it was. And some of the shit that went down was insane. Yes. Insane. This much incest on TV... (laughs) Implied incest. Yes, implied incest, and it worked. It Animal was, violence, we, paper shredders, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, they had the they have this great fight scene, which ends with Linda Blair locking her cousin in the dark room, and she escapes. No, she and, doesn't because she gets attacked by her dad before she can leave the house. Really? Tell me about that. I missed that. What? She gets she locks her in the door. She locks her in the door, and before she can get to the stairs, the dad pops out of the darkness, and she's like, you have to stay here. Julia doesn't want you to leave. <laughs> and meanwhile, Julia's starting to stab through the door with the scissors. Oh, that's right. Oh, my she's God. She's cut up the right. negatives now, so there's no proof, and she's stabbing through the door, and she's like full witch now. There's smoke everywhere. There's fire. The house is on fire now, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, this... then the dad goes down like a fucking brick in like the most non climactic yes. <laughs> fight. He just <laughs> like, well, he pretty much pushes really. him, and he's like, ah, and she pretty much just pushes him, and he trips, and he falls, and he's out. I'm like, that was kind of yeah. lame, dad. Yeah, That was and, lame. And then I think there's a great moment with the witch in the dark room where she comes into her full power. Yeah. And she wants to escape this room. And she just, I think this is part a good move by the director, or a good direction from Wes Craven or whatever. However, it came out very effective. This, this girl comes into her full power and the room, the door explodes outwards. Mm-hmm. And she's free. This, this evil uh, presence is, is now free from the room and she's after Linda Blair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice her eyes? Yeah, the the, the contact lenses were terrifying. Yeah, because like you gotta remember, this is 1978, so that means that these were glass contacts. These were not disposables. 
Yeah. These shoes are fucking like- heavy and she was probably blind in them, but they were gold. Normally you get red, but the, the flex were gold, but the whites were completely red. So these must have been gigantic contact lenses. Yeah, I imagine so. But she's gorgeous now. She's gorgeous but hideous and with those horrible eyes and she's starting to get like kind of greeny and stuff. It was great. It was really scary as a kid. Like, ah, yeah, ah. and they've got like the, the fans going and the winds are blowing all around her. Oh, and the yeah, smoke. it's a music video. It's fantastic. She's yeah. diaphanous, of course. So it's yeah. all like Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, it's an excellent. Walking down the hallway with the gauzy curtains, that whole thing. It's an excellent moment. And Linda Blair takes off uh, with, I think, her brother. No, and brother drops out of the movie. Well, which is very annoying. Like, after that scene where he realized, at a certain point, later on, he goes, well, you well, know what? A- She's my cousin. Like, she had come to the realization, you're like, why am I worrying about her? She's my cousin. Right. But there's we're like, whole- duh, I've been screaming that at the TV for the past two hours, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. But there's this whole thing where Linda Blair. It was it was concerned. it was McCracken. Yeah, it was McCracken that she ran off with. Okay, she, her concern completely takes up with her mother because she believes her mother is going to be in an accident, which she is because she found a map with the horse hair and the matches, and it's exactly where her mother's going, and she knows that uh, so, Joey's going to kill her. Yeah, so they set out in a car. And who takes off after him but the witch in her own car? And again, this is a ferocious car chase. This is a pretty good, you know, not a bad car chase. There's some good stunts there. Yeah. And it 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 carouses to the climax. And, of course, what happens? The witch makes a mistake on this uh, canyon road. Mm-hmm. Twisty, twiny Canyon Road, and she ends up diving off a precipice to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just as a witch should in flames. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to spoil the other ending because I'm, I'm going to put a link up so people can watch us on YouTube because it's available and it is pretty fun. And since it's a TV movie that has now been cut down with all the commercials taken out, it's yeah. about an hour and 15 minutes. Listen, I will. I'm going to say I recommend this movie. I, th- I remember watching it back in the day when I was a kid, and I watched it again. I happened to watch it this time on uh, YouTube, and I liked it. It was yeah. good. There were some moments that were really good, and especially towards the end where it picks up. Hey, I give this. Uh, not bad. Not yeah. bad at all. Not bad at all for a made-for-TV movie. Because nowadays, if a movie's made for TV, it's probably going to suck big time. And that was not the case. Yeah, I think, the it pay- I think it paid off at the I end. I think so, too. I mean, because they're dealing... Well, the thing is, they had set up in the movie, the, do- uh, the, the professor had said that she's, pro- that she's still a young witch and she's still coming into her power. So she's been getting stronger all summer. So it yeah. wasn't like she was able to do this shit the minute she got here. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, at the end, when she finally comes into her own, you get to see it. It's amazing. But also, kind of towards the end of the movie is when Wes Craven really got to show his stuff. That this is what he got hired right. for. Right. I think, I think when the witch in the dark room comes under a full power, that's Wes Craven. I think the stunts with the, the car chase at the end mm-hmm. seems like 
West Craven. I, I and there was a momentum and an excitement there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that you know they did good. Yeah, I have one more comment to say about the actual movie itself. Is that it's all said and done. The happy family is all back together. The spell has been broken. Now everyone knows that she wasn't really Julia, that it was an imposter, and that right. poor Julia is dead. And the father says, just out of the blue, he's like, you know, it's all so crazy. I don't remember anything that happened yeah. after the horse accident. I said, that's convenient. So you don't remember. F- <laughs> it's very convenient that I don't remember that time that I fucked my niece. Oh, well. In our bed, honey. I don't remember uh, that at all. I don't think that happened. That's uh, very convenient. At least fed her grapes, you know, because that's all we really saw. But it. We saw them in the bedroom and he was helping. Yes. They're not doing anything, but, you know, he was helping her. She had the nightgown on. She was wearing the WAM's nightgown in her bedroom. (laughs) And he came in and was embracing her. If you're embracing someone in your wife's nightgown in. Her bedroom. You're doing it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right, folks. This was a sicker movie than I thought it was. But, but yeah. it really wasn't because it wasn't incest at all, was it? Not really. I know, but he didn't know that. But so. I just got, I don't remember that at all. Mm-mm. I think you, I think I think I think you hit your head when the horse flipped on you, Rachel. Right. Okay. Not too bad. No, I thought it was and, fun. I think it's a nice way to start off this thing because I yeah. know there's, there's there's some great stuff lurking out there, and right. the made for TV uh, stuff from the seventies. Uh, yeah, made for TV movies uh, for the seventies uh, with the haunted bent. Uh, not too bad. Loved it. Mm-hmm. There's and s- the reason why I'm f- choose- I'm going to be coming back to this on a somewhat regular basis because I realized that these movies were a huge part. In making me the scream queen that I am today, because this is what we had before cable, and you know, you know hardcore slasher movies and stuff like that. This is what we had, and I love these things, even though they scared the hell out of me. I loved them. I'm with you, Patrick. I saw it when it first aired, and uh, I was sitting there biting my nails. I loved it. Mm-hmm. 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 So, if I ever come. To uh, 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 the Las Vegas thing, Pride 48 in Vegas. Yeah. If there's a costume party, we should dress up as Rachel and Julia. <laughs> no one else will have any idea. <laughs> and we'll fight, o- we'll fight over our waxy horse dildo. I love it. You know, Patrick, you would be so welcome there. I, I wish you could come sometime. I, it's a money thing. It's a money thing. It's one of those things I have I to know. plan for in advance. And with my trip to Europe this year, it was not going to happen. Okay, I know. Toppy, Smelly, where can people find these podcasts of yours? Well, you can just go on over to, simply enough, thesmellcast.com. You can find my entire catalog, mostly. And it'll be fun, mostly. Um, can I ask a question? Yeah. Does that mean... Just plain old smellcast.com was taken. Because uh, I don't want to know what's there. <laughs> when I first heard no. about Toppy Smelly and the Smellcast that I was recommended that I listen to it, I'm like, what the fuck am I getting into? You know, I don't know. But it's a charming show. It's a charming, offbeat, unpredictable yes. show. And Thank Toppy you. is a perfect host. Thank you, Patrick. You're I very welcome. love you. I love you. I love you too. And you know what I'm going to leave you with? Yeah. I'm going to leave you with Bradford's summary of the moral of this movie. Oh. 
the movie, the credits are rolling, and he just looked at me and goes, well, that just goes to show you that's why you never hire a white cleaning lady. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Way to go. That's it. Yep, ancient China had Confucius. <laughs> Modern day has Mr. Brad. Okay, thank you, Toppy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for popping my 70s cherry. Uh, Patrick, thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. And uh, Leonard Blair and uh, Perm's Rule. That's all I got to say. That's all that needs to be said. Bye-bye. Bye. surprising given the ongoing problems with the voicemail i've got no messages this week well not audio messages anyway because i did get some well written in things from you folks which i will now talk about and plus i got a couple of reviews and you know how i love that so i'm going to share them with you as well are you excited no too bad i'm doing it anyway muhuha muhuha ha ha First, I wanted to uh, say hi to listener Ed, who sent me a note on the Scream Queens Facebook page. And he says, hi, I'm a listener from Singapore. What? And started listening to your back catalog. Just listened to the Warlock episode and discussion on the career of Julian Sands. And that inspired me to look up Warlock myself. Warlock Marathon, anyone? Hope to catch up on your current episodes eventually, and thanks for podcasting. No, thank you for writing, Ed, because I think you are now officially my most distant listener. Yay! Yay! So the Long Distance Award goes to you, Ed. And since you brought up Warlock, it's very interesting that my guest for that show, Homer Mars, who gave us some music for the last episode, said he's interested in coming back, and maybe we'll do some of the other Warlock movies, unless he's got another idea. I actually don't think I've seen the other Warlock movies, so might be a good idea. So thanks for writing it, and keep on listening, because I'm not going anywhere. Now, the other thing I want to mention, I got a review on iTunes, and this is the first one in almost a year. Not surprising, because nobody... Is anyone still using iTunes? Because I can't use it anymore. I am on a regular PC, and it just refuses to work or cooperate, and it's just overly complicated all of a sudden, and every update makes it worse. But still, I want to give a big thank you and a hug and a squeeze to Misfits Superstar, because he or she, I'm not sure which it is, doesn't really matter. They're in love, according to the title of this review. And Misfits says, I left... Till I almost peed my pants. I learned tons, and I'm in love with this podcast. 
I totally wish I could marry it because I so would. Please never stop this podcast. Careful what you wish for, misfit. I might never shut up ever. But now you have given me a goal because you said you laughed until you almost peed your pants. Now I got to keep working. Because until your undies are soggy, I am a failure. But thank you for writing in, Misfit. I always appreciate getting reviews. And, and I also got a review, my very first review on the Stitcher app. Yay! Because, of course, I am available now on Stitcher Smart Radio. And that's the way I listen to podcasts now. It's just easiest with my phone. It gives me the least problems. And it's a nice, clean app. No must, no fuss. And I like it. And the person who wrote in is TJ from the Greetings from Nowhere podcast. And this has been sitting here for four months, and I'm so sorry, TJ, that I've only seen it until now. I didn't get a notification that I got a review, and uh, the reviews don't come up on the app. So it's just Googling myself, you know, like I do when it's lonely on a Saturday night. And found this. And she said, always a screaming good time. You should be listening to Scream Queens. Well, I am. Well, I'm not. I'm making it. But, you know, but never, never mind. Never mind. It's not for me. This isn't for me. You should be listening to Scream Queens, which you are. But that's not the point right now either. Patrick Flem and Patrick's grandma will make you laugh, scream, and sometimes throw up in your mouth a little. You will also learn a lot about horror movies to watch and to avoid. And if you don't throw up in your mouth, Flem will be happy to do it for you. In your mouth. Yes, yes, I would be very happy. I'm always happy to vomit in a listener's mouth. You know, the door is always open. Just come on in. Open your mouth, point, and I'll either poop or puke in it. It'll be a surprise. Uh, thanks, Flem. You can go back to your perch now. No problem. So thank you, TJ. And TJ, what I love about this, too, is TJ, when she calls in, she's like, I don't like horror movies. I'm not a horror movie fan. I'm a Patrick fan. Which I get. A lot of people listen to the show that don't like horror movies. But a non-horror fan is the one who left me my first review on the new app. Slackers. The rest of you are slackers. I love you, but you're slackers. But TJ, for being the first person to leave a review on the Stitcher website, you are the Scream Queen of the Week! Yay! Yay! You should be so proud! Yay! Yay! Even Sater didn't get a tiara! Yay! Yeah, oh wait, you're not getting one either, so don't be that proud. Okay, get over yourself, girl. And also, thank you for writing in and letting me know how much you enjoyed the last episode, all the kooky craziness with Allison and Brian. And all that good stuff. And it's such a shame that you people can't see the scorned. Because it's hard to find. Well, let's just say, maybe if you make a small donation to the show, I'll tell you how you can find it. Or maybe, never mind, it's never mind. Like, theoretically, in, in you know, uh, allegedly, I might do that. I don't know. No. Shh. 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 So, if you want to be like all these cool people who wrote in, by all means, please do. The address is crew at screamqueens.com. And, of course, that's queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And, of course, you can leave a review on Stitcher. And to find me on Facebook, that, of course, is Scream Queens Horror Podcast. Do a search on that. And on Twitter, I'm at Scream Queens. Big surprise there. And that's all with a Z, 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 Z. Z. 
Z's for Zamboni. Zambo- not for Zed. Z- Zed is a Z. Shut up, Bradford. Nobody asked you to contribute. See, this is what happens. You get peanut gallery things going on. So this voicemail issue, I'm hoping it gets resolved soon because I've got homework assignments for you. Yes, indeed. It's been a long time since I have given out a homework assignment. Now, I don't know what Betty and Durr would have been up to, but, you know, they haven't left a message in a long time, and they keep posting all these pictures of them being all kissy and gross and cute and everything, so they might be over us right now. So this would be a good time to dethrone them as the Lund Fontaines of the Scream Queens Horror Podcast. You could get a gold star. You could get all the gold stars. I might take them away from Betty and Durr, would give them for you if you get your homework assignment to me on time by next show, which is in two weeks. What's the homework assignment, Patrick? Well, I'm telling you, you've got a choice of two. Or you could do both for extra, extra credit. There are two movies available on Netflix streaming right now. The first one is an Australian film called A Hundred Bloody Acres. It's one zero zero bloody acres. The other one is Odd Thomas. Now, I've seen them both. I'm not going to tell you if I like them. Or if I did not like them, I want you to find out for yourself. And I want you to tell me what you think. If you loved it, shower praise upon me. If you hate me, kick me in the balls. Because I'll kick back. But that's what you people listen for. I know you do. I know you do. Hopefully the voicemail will be working by then. Looking at you, Bradford. I think it's working right in a second. Okay, let's stop and check. And it doesn't. But, however, we have narrowed it down that the problem is something with the router. So, one of these days, the voicemail will be up and running. So, in the meantime, by all means, feel free to leave a message on the Google Voice number, which is 917-720-2047. Once again, leave me a voicemail at 917-720-2047. Because that would be cool. Because I miss you guys. I like talking with you kind of, sort of, not really, in like a disconnected sort of way. But still, it's conversation. It's good to hear your voice and my ear holes for a change. Ooh, the vibrations. That got creepy. So you got your homework assignments. Next time, I'm not sure what we're doing yet. Haven't thought that far in advance. Because when do I ever? It's always a surprise with me. But I got guest stars lining up. Like crazy people. So I'm hoping that they're going to give me some inspiration. Also, they think there's a major movie release out this week that as below from above, whatever that thing is, you know what I'm talking about. Top the turvy. And um, yeah, so we shall see. And well, I want you all to have a great, fun and safe Labor Day weekend. So, no drinking and driving, no smoking and picking your nose, and no masturbating in public unless you take pictures, okay? Okay. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to keep the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, I'm not going to that Labor Day parade again this year. Not after what happened last year. Apparently, waving an umbilical cord is inappropriate. Inappropriate? You can suck my saggy titties! Bye! I go hunting for witches.
Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>